Bismillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, nabina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shurur anfusina wa min sayyat amalina Man yahdihi allahu fahuwa almuhtad wa man yudlil falahadiya lah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima alamtana wa zidna ilman يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ خَاشِعَةً أَبْصَارُهُمْ تَرْهَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةٌ وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after he refuted the claim of the kuffar, the mujrimin, that they will have jannah without believing in Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned the reality of the azab yawm al-qiyamah. He mentioned the reality of what they will face yawm al-qiyamah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ On that day, the saq, the shin will be uncovered. The Mufassirun, they had two opinions what this saq means. What is this saq referring to? They had two opinions. And some of the Mufassirun said, we can even join between the two. And we'll have a look at this at the end. For the first qawl, the first opinion, what this saq means, this saq that is uncovered, what is this referring to? And this was the opinion of Ibn Abbas and a number of the Sahaba and a number of the Tabi'een. So it's a very strong opinion because we said that Ibn Abbas was from the Mufassirin of the Sahaba. For he was of the opinion that saq, it refers to the hardships of the Day of Judgment. It refers to the hardships of the Day of Judgment. Yani they are uncovered. And they are exposed, yukshafu an saq, that the hardships will be uncovered and they'll be laid bare for the kuffar to see. For the meaning of the ayah then would be mentioned to the disbelievers, the hardships and the horror of that day when they will be called to prostrate, but they will be incapable of doing so. And where did they get this opinion from? They said in the Quran itself. And we're going to have a look at this surah later on in Juz Tabarak, in Surah Al Qiyamah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? And the correct interpretation of this is that one hardship follows another hardship. And one hardship comes and then another hardship comes. And as the Mufassirun said, it's the hardship of death followed by the hardship of, of the hereafter because the person is on their deathbed. For the first hardship is what? The hardship of death. And then the second hardship is the hardship of the hereafter when they are placed in their qabr because this is when his hereafter starts. Your hereafter, your qiyamah, comes when you are in your grave. For this is what they said. This is the same saq that is being referred to. Waltafat When the saq is yani, wrapped with the other saq. Yani, one hardship is wrapped around another hardship. This was the first opinion. They said that the saq is referring to is referring to the hardship. And when he says Yawma yukshafu an saq for the word kashf it can mean to remove or it can also mean to uncover. It can mean to remove or it can mean to uncover. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Zukhruf, فَلَمَّا كَشَفْنَا عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابِ When we lifted the azab from them, yes? Yani we took the azab away from them. Now think about kashfiyah. Does this fit with this meaning? Or is it the next meaning which means to uncover? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Naml about Bilqis, وَكَشَفَتْ عَنْ سَاقَيْهَا For this here, the word kashif, it means to uncover. For in the context of this ayah, the kashif means to uncover rather than to remove. 
Yani the hardships and the punishments of that day will be exposed and the fear of the disbelievers will be intensified when they see what is awaiting them. This is the first qawl, this is the first opinion. And then the second opinion which the Mufassirun had and a number of Sahaba also had this opinion that the saq that is being referred to is the saq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is the saq of Allah, the shin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just a quick يعne, reminder of when we establish attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no tamthil. We can't say that the saq of Allah is like that of his creation. For when we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a saq, it is a saq taliqu bi jalalihi, it befits his majesty subhanahu wa ta'ala. For when we look at the creation, مثلاً, for you look at the saq of the human being, the shin of the human being, and you look at the saq of the horse, and you look at the saq of the lion, are they all the same? Even within the creation, you can see that there's different forms of saq. You call this a saq, but it looks different to the other saq. For how is the saq of Allah? Yes, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى And to Allah belongs the highest example. فَلَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the principle. Any attribute that we ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we establish to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it never ever ever resembles that of His creation. For the second opinion was that this saq is referring to the actual saq of of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uncover his saq yawm al-qiyamah he will uncover his shin and this is as per the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri in Sahih al-Bukhari and the hadith is very very long we'll just mention some of it for the hadith says يَكْشِفُ رَبُّنَا عَنْ سَاقِهِ فَيَسْجُدُ لَهُ كُلُّ مُؤْمِنٍ وَمُؤْمِنَةٍ وَيَبْقَى مَنْ كَانَ يَسْجُدُ فِي الدُّنْيَا رِيَاءً وَسُمْعَةً فَيَذْهَبُ لِيَسْجُدَ فَيَعُودُ ظَهْرَهُ طَبَقًا وَاحِدًا Essentially what it translates to our Lord will uncover his shin and on the day of judgment and the believing men and women will prostrate themselves before him but there will remain those who used to prostrate in this world showing off and to gain a good reputation and the munafiqeen essentially they will try to prostrate on the day of judgment but their backs will be stiff as if it is one bone for they said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers his shin the believers they will prostrate like they used to in the dunya with ikhlas to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the kuffar and the munafiqeen they will be unable to prostrate and their back will be as if it is one bone and then like we said some of the mufassirun they said we can join between these two aqwal they are not contradicted to one another we can join between them and they said that on the day of judgment the hardships will be uncovered and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uncover his shin and then the kuffar will be asked to prostrate and they will not be able to prostrate but they said we can combine between these two opinions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ فَأَفْتَى يعني the عذاب is uncovered and made apparent or the shin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uncovered they are called to make sujood and who is this referring to? وَيُدْعَوْنَ for the ones who said that it is the adab that is uncovered, then yud'auna is referring to the kuffar, all the kuffar. And the context of the ayat, it supports this, because the ayat before this were referring to the kuffar. For the kuffar are the ones who will be called to prostrate, and they will be unable to prostrate. And like we said, that this fits with the context of the ayat before. For it is the kuffar who are asked to prostrate, and they are unable to prostrate. And then the ones who said what is uncovered is the shin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they said that this is referring to the munafiqeen, 
because they said يعني, in this lengthy hadith that we mentioned of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri يعني, it goes that the Yahud will come and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge them and then the Yahud will come and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge them and then he says that none will be left except the believers and the hypocrites then the shin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be uncovered and the mu'mineen will make sujood and the munafiqeen are unable to make sujood يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ خَاشِعَةً أَبْصَارُهُمْ تَرْهَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةً وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ For these ones who are unable to make sujood, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes their state. Their first state is khashi'atan absaruhum. Their eyes are humble because of the humiliation and the regret and the fear of that day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah when they see the reality of the adab and the punishment that is waiting them. And we said that a person's face in this dunya changes when they are in a state of fear. For subhanAllah, the face, it changes when a person is, is scared. For this is the same thing here. This is the ultimate fear and the ultimate regret. There is no fear greater than this fear and there is no regret greater than this regret. Khashi'atan absaruhum tarha. تَرْحَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةٌ تَرْحَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةٌ يعني humiliation will cover them humiliation will cover them يعني the humiliation on that day will be so great it is as if it is encompassing them it is as if it is covering them تَرْحَقُهُمْ means يعني تَغْشَاهُمْ it is covering them essentially يعني there is not a part of their body that is not humiliated essentially خَاشِعَةً أَبْصَارُهُمْ تَرْحَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةٌ وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ And they were called to sujood. They were called to make sujood in this dunya. وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ There was nothing wrong with them. They were able to make sujood in this dunya. And they were called to make sujood in this dunya. But they did not make sujood in this dunya. They chose not to make sujood. For the sujood here is referring to the salah. Because the sujood is one of the greatest pillars of salah. This is similar to when the Prophet ﷺ, he said, he said, Hajj is, is Arafah. Does that mean that you just need to be there on the day of Arafah and khalas, your Hajj is complete? But he's saying that one of the greatest pillars of Hajj is the day of Arafah. This is the same thing here, that sujood is one of the greatest pillars of, of Salat. And the biggest shart of Salat is what? Is Tawheed. That means they were first asked to believe in Allah and establish the Salat. Because Salat without Tawheed and without the belief in Allah is useless. If the Kafir now comes into the Masjid and he hasn't pronounced La ilaha illallah and he stands in our Saf and he prays, will this Salat be of any benefit to him? It will be of no benefit to him. For essentially it's saying that they were called to pray after يعني, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ Well, they were sound يعني, in this world, in this dunya. يعني, they had nothing preventing them from praying. There was nothing preventing them except their arrogance. And as Ibn Kathir rahimahullah he said in his tafsir, I'll just read the English, they will be punished with the opposite of what they did. When they were called to prostrate in the worldly life, they refused to do so, even though they were healthy and secure. Therefore, they will be punished in the hereafter with the lack of ability to do so. Nasallallah salamu alafiyah. We'll quickly go over the fawaid and the ahkam, the points of benefit and the rulings. One, that there will be great hardships on the day of judgment. This is as per the interpretation of Ibn Abbas. There will be hardships Yawm Al-Qiyamah and there will be terror and there will be difficulties for those who did not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For according to the opinion of Ibn Abbas that the hardships will be uncovered and they will be made apparent. Two, establishing that from the attributes of Allah is that he has a shin and this is befitting his majesty subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is as per the interpretation of those who explain the ayah with the hadith, the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. They said that the saq is referring to the saq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Three, 
that the disbelievers will be called to prostrate on the day of judgment, but they will not be able to do so as a punishment for their refusal to do so in this world. This is a demonstration of the principle, the recompense is in accordance to the action. Al-jaza'u min jins al-amal, the recompense is in accordance to the deed. For the jaza was what? That they are unable to prostrate because they refused to prostrate in the dunya. When they refused to prostrate in the dunya, they were prevented from prostrating in, in the akhirah. Four, that the disbelievers will be humiliated on the day of judgment as a punishment for their arrogance. This is again a demonstration of the previously mentioned principle. Yes, al-jaza'u min jinsil amal. For when they takabbaru, when they were arrogant in this dunya, they said, I don't want to make sujood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he humiliated them, yawm al-qiyamah. Khashi'atan absaruhum, tarhaquhum dhilla. Dhilla is what? Is the ultimate humiliation. Five, that the taklif is dependent on the ability to do so. The taklif is the responsibility to uphold the sharia. He has to uphold the tawheed and he has to pray and he has to fast and he has to perform hajj and he has to give his zakat. This is taklif. The principle is what? Manatu taklif al-istita'a. The taklif is dependent on the ability to do so. For example, if I'm very sick and I'm unable to stand in salat, should I be standing in salat or should I sit down? I have the concession to sit down. Or for if I can't fast, in Ramadan because I'm extremely sick. Am I required to fast on that day? I'm not required to fast. For it all returns to the ability to do so. Manatu taklif al-istita'a. You become يعne, responsible for upholding the sharia according to your capacity. How do we know this from the ayah? You understand from the ayah that if they are not salimun, they were not required to uphold the sharia. And then the last one, six, that the disbelievers had no excuse to leave the prayer in this world. This is because the ayah mentioned that they had the ability to do so. They had no excuse to leave the salah in this world. He said they are salimun. They had the ability to do so. For they had no excuse to leave what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them to do. And you understand from this, if they were not salimun, then they had the excuse to leave it. But they were salimun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that they were salimun. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tuwalaik wa jazakumullah khair.